coffee this morning. Yes, I have my coffee okay, every okay. morning. Unlike other people, I'm not in the soft life. I don't drink tea in the morning. It's not how I roll. I See, that's probably why you have that gut Latino. health. You need, you need some tea. You need some hot tea. La- Latinos Big drink question, coffee. Father. We don't do tea. So, um, did they change the laws around the um, the education credits recently? What do you mean? Yeah, what education credit? What's going on? Like you just pivoted to a weird but place. But high education, we'll talk about tea. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. You no, pivoted you know how, to a weird like, place. Taxes and stuff like that. They have like the education credits. Oh, for my loans, they uh, yeah, I think they increase it because I I receive an extra a uh, few hundred. Education I pay interest. Credit? I pay interest. Yeah, because like if you go to like let's say you went to grad school. Yeah. Things, because I'm. I'm, I don't know. All right. Let me let me explain some of these things because uh, the tax question. So for one, for anybody that's listening, there are different ways that you receive tax credits for for education or professional development um, for a lifetime. For one, there is this educational credit that you receive when you pay back your student loans because it is income to your student loans. People, you actually get a interest credit on your, you know, on your side, on your paperwork. So that's just one thing. And then there's these two, two other credits that are basically at the very end of your tax form that has to do with education and long-term development. So, but it, it's actually very much, it's limited. There are rules. So there is a point in time where you can take maybe like two grand credit here and there, but you're not it's not forever lovely so if you're thinking that you're going to get this forever it actually stops at one point yeah that's what i'm asking did they change like the rules no nah, it the it deep rule changed. of it is no nah, it hasn't changed from the very beginning like it's th- there's basically it's always been a caveat so when i guess the housing market crashed um 2008 they created an educational credit to one make sure that everybody was getting retooled going back to school so a lot of people were receiving the additional credit for their lifelong learning kind of scenario and but that inside that um, I guess provision, there was a rule. There's a cap in which you could get a certain amount, but then it gets cut off. Okay. So you're not gonna get this forever. Good, good. I'm just. People got really mad too. Like, man, what? But <laughs> typically, if there is a recession, what happens is that the government is one of the few remaining bodies that could pump money into the economy to get us out of it. And by pumping money, meaning they pump either credits, things like, hey, go back to school, get your education. Go. It basically incentivizes people to get active. You know, hey, we're going to lower the interest on um, to, for you to buy homes. We're going to do this so you can do that. But in a period of high inflation, they have to do the opposite. That means they have to con- contract the amount of money that they give out. So that's why interests are higher or programs seem to kind of diminish because everybody's pockets are getting tighter. Mm. but we should be entering hopefully a new super cycle in the next um in this year or next year that should start loosening up purse strings and hopefully you start seeing more and more money being dolled out in different ways yeah i agree have you guys completed your taxes yet i'm still waiting on the mortgage statement i'm highlighting all this stuff right now i'm still waiting for my investment stuff they come out like mid-february so for us investors, we have to wait all the way to the end of February to get all our documents in order so we can get that sweet, sweet money. 
I'm always trying to complete mine, like be, especially before March, but as early and soon as possible. Because I'm always afraid someone's going to take my information. <laughs> you know, fly <laughs> tax. I'm like, hey, that's my money. I need it I'm now. Checking them off as they come in because Fidelity just sent me um one of our paperwork's. Uh, I'm waiting for the thing from Clara. So I just been checking them off as they come through. Quick question. Someone mentioned this online. Um, this is another tax question. Um, what? <laughs> this is definitely a tax episode because when, what, what happened? It just dawned to me. It just dawned to me. So uh, you remember I had um, I, I posed in the in the Facebook Messenger group about um, utilizing free resources to complete your taxes, right? So typically I do TurboTax because it's just easier. I like the interface. It's just like an easier thing for me. I um, mean, I have, I've been using it for quite some time, um, but the, up to recently, um, I haven't uh, processed it, but I just like put in all the information I have on hand. And I noticed they charge so much now. Like it was $37. It was like okay, 40 bucks money, for yeah. processing. Like, uh, first of all, first of all, I'm not getting money. First of all, I'm not getting that much money back. Like I, I yeah, haven't yeah. I haven't got money back in a while. Oh, you <laughs> lucky because you don't have to start paying. So it's you you about to start paying soon. Yeah, I haven't got money back in a while. But I, I, I typically pay as much allowable for me, anyways. But I save on I taxes. See that at Twelve thousand in my head hurts. Mm, girl but oh yeah, um, oh yeah. it was, it was but terrible what's 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 up what's <laughs> up with that um someone else posed right online somebody else posed online about um when they enter the information on turbo tax their estimate their estimated um tax return is slightly lower than they enter it on like for example well what's the, what's the other one called tax refund or tax usa or something like that it's much higher why is that well, I don't necessarily work on that side of trying to understand the nuances. Mm -hmm. As much more that the programs that exist, like TurboTax or H&R Block and stuff yeah. like that, they typically have to wait a little bit longer to get all the details available from um, IRS. Because the IRS, even though it, it changes slight rules and regulations, and that typically comes in at the end of December, and into like January or something like that. So that by the time, you, and they typically sometimes even wait because the government might decide, the government being the White House, might try to say, hey, we need to make sure that these people even get more credits and we have to pass this, that, and the third so they can make changes almost last minute. So for example, last year, or might've been the year before, when they introduced um, child care tax, additional um, child um, care tax credits, that came in very late in the game and if you kind of like did the thing at the very mm -hmm. beginning, you yeah. know, you kind of, you know, missed it. But basically, like you, you typically, I understand the fear that you might get, you know, your, your identity might get robbed, especially in the state of Florida, tax crime capital of the of the U.S. Um, it's okay to kind of wait to get all the documents, and maybe I think March, like first week of March, is a good time to really file. Nine times out of ten, too, like some of the companies that you either work for or you're receiving documentation for, they can make errors and they can they could like last minute try to send you something before hopefully you filed already. So there's a lot of those little nuances that you want to create. So some of those companies like H&R Block, TurboTax and so on and so forth, they have a separate type of system that they typically wait until they get all the information and it also comes down to user error. Some people just don't, you know, they could probably be missing some documents left and right. And TurboTax is pretty good at, 
you know, I guess letting people know, hey, did you look at this document? Did you add this? Did you add that? Versus that, I don't know how the other system works, but it could be that uh, a user error thing as well. Okay. I mean, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not getting much money. Probably some a, a gas card or something, but <laughs> I just always want to make sure that I'm... Um, I was just looking for the... Assessment. There was one of the companies that just sent me like a 1099. Mm -hmm. And guess what? what? I had a whole check here that I didn't even realize. Bruh. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they sent me that check since December. I'm like, oh, I might need to like deposit this. Yeah, because yeah. you have, what, 60, 90 days to deposit? Dang. Oh, yeah. You need to do that as soon as possible. That's a, yeah, like 60 days or something. I get $20 check. I deposit immediately. Yeah. But to answer, the, to <laughs> just, answer I, that I, question, I lovely. I totally forgot about it because it's literally like here and it's like a five-figure check. So I might want to do that, right? To answer your, your prior question about the whole educational thing, it's actually known as the American Opportunity Credit. Okay. It's if you're not in school directly, like you know, college time that we used to be, there's a they just kind of changed the name here and there. It's called the American Opportunity Credit. It's two thousand five hundred dollars. Okay. It's IRS form eighty eight sixty three, which is included as an income tax return to claim the credit, yada yada. But for the year of twenty twenty three, the credit begins to phase out for single taxpayers who have adjusted gross incomes between eighty thousand and 90,000. So if you make more than $90,000 AGI or $90,000 gross or whatever that, that might be, you oh, basically boy. phase out of the program. So you make too much money to even get the credit. You get the credit. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I was wondering because last year, that's the reason why I asked that question is because it came up like when I started doing my grad school stuff and I put it in and it was like zero. I like, yeah, you make your adjusted gross income. So for a lot of people, the first thing, if you're listening to this yet again, this is kind of where I went to school for your gross income is what you make for your job. So your job says, hey, you're making 100 K a year. You're like freaking. Yeah, I'm balling. But you still have to t uh, factor in taxes, so on and so forth. But you probably walk away with what, 85 out of that. OK. However, at this 85,000, uh, 85, which be your, your um, gross income still, right? It's still in that range. If you didn't take out money for like your 401k, then it's 85,000. But if you actually invested into your 401k to that limit of last year, 22,500, then that $85,000 would be reduced by 22,500, which is probably put you in the range of maybe an adjusted gross income of what? In the 60. 40s? No, 60. No, 22,585. Uh, well, well, hey, I didn't do the I'm trying to do the math in my head. And I'm like, you, I think you math challenged, but okay. How you, <laughs> you said under 50. I'm like, what's going on? 62,500. Oh, 60. Oh, 22,50. Yeah, 22,500. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you got an 85,000 minus the 22,500. It'll leave you with 62,500, which puts you in the qualification range of getting the full $2,500 lovely. So just for anybody that's listening, everything that you do with your money beyond making like 70, 80K, you have to become a, a lot more tax strategic with it, meaning that you're actually investing in yourself on the front end, being your 401ks to actually reduce your um, AGI for the long run. I still remember when I got $4 back. <laughs> Shoot. Still that was hilarious. They charged, they charged me like 15 grand. Oh, I don't know what you did there, but yeah. Hey, we, you make enough money as a married couple. They look at you like, mm, 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 mm. You guys file, take this money. Do you all file uh, jointly or separately? We always file jointly. Jointly is likely more efficient and more beneficial for 90% of people. 
it's fairly rarely that uh, fairly rarely it sounds ridiculous it's rare that somebody files separately and find some level of uh, i guess efficiency there it's a little you, bit you complicated know, you, you it's know, a little goofy but more I, I will say i meet more couples always saying they're filing separately i don't understand they are it. they could they could file separately that's on them but it doesn't mean that it's tax efficient Mm, like gotcha. nine times out of ten, they're just like, "Oh, I heard from somebody that heard from somebody." I actually went to school for taxes. I looked at it back and forth, and I even because um, my cousin would tell me because I do her taxes, she would be like, "Hey, what would it be if I, I filed separately?" And yada yada. And I'm like, "Okay, so I have to do both the numbers." And nine times out of ten, is better off that they just file together because what that creates, for example, let's say my cousin, her husband makes uh, over a hundred k, and she's making. Let's say she's she was making like 40K. She'd be like, well, I'm going to like he's going to file on his own and then I'll file and I'll also put the two girls under me so I could get more of a refund. Yeah. But then your husband paid more for his taxes. You see what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. So what what happens when. Um, what happens when, when you have. Um, yeah. When you have dependents outside of your um, actual marriage, like. When you have dependents outside of your marriage, there's a couple of things that happen in the tax code. They have a like a provision to say, one, do you have a written court order that says mm -hmm. you're the only one that could file for this kid? Right. So therefore, you always have it in, 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 in it's cool. Or you have a court order that also stipulates that, hey, year A, I have the tax credit and year B, he has the tax credit. So basically, you can have a, a nonverbal with, um, I guess, the two parents. They could have a nonverbal one where they just agree this year I'm following the kid and next year the other person say I'm following the kid. Gotcha. But both can't follow the kid together because the second person that like, let's say they both send it up. Uh -huh. the, 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 the IRS doesn't care. They'll find the first one and be like, hey, we're going to give you credit for the kid. And the second one will get bounced back and, as an audit. Gotcha. Um. Um, so that's kind of what happens. So some people be stealing each other's kids or some yeah. people, you know, whatever. You, yeah. you know, what I learned like years ago when my best friend was going through this, um, I didn't know because I'm I'm thinking if you're the biological father and you, you know, your name is on the birth certificate, that's it. So for non-married couples, um, the mom have more maternity rights than the father if they're non-married, unless the father, if, he's a, if he is the biological um parent he has to legitimize that child like actually go to the court and put in papers to say that i am the bosco father i am the you know a legal guardian yeah to legalize yeah to legalize the uh, parent because if if there's a if there's a situation where the the mother wants to i don't know move out of state for another opportunity or something like that whatever by law that father doesn't have any legal right to that child not biological like anything like that legal right to that child if they're not married or they don't have anything in um in court order because he can't really contest her from leaving or from like moving away like taking his child whatever um but i, I just thought that was like um that was interesting and that's that's not a benefit of being married you know you have more rights as a uh yeah a and especially if they don't put your name on the i guess the birth certificate and all that stuff and it's kind of like the, the court has to prove that you exist yeah yeah exactly to legalize the the child like like 
not understand the verbiage and everything that that is around like court orders, tax purposes and everything. And I'm just like, I, I feel like men do know this. I, I will say men do know to do that. Men do not. Do no, men do not know this. Let's just be honest. Like, I'm a man. And a lot of guys, we just don't really know this until we were hit with this scenario. The situation. Yeah. The circumstances and stuff like that. Like if you're listening and you want to have any, everything in, in court order, go to the go to your local uh, judicial system and, and file those papers <laughs> for your child, because it will help you in the long run, especially if you're not married. So, yeah, that's what I learned. Yeah, taxes can get either simple or complicated. Yeah. And it, it could get over people's heads. For nine times out of ten, I try to tell people that it's just to simplify it all, if you're making more, more than 70K a year, you need to become a little bit more tax fluent, right? And you can actually go to, um, I guess every year they run a program called VITA, which is a Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Program. Yep. You can actually learn how to do taxes, right, from them. And you can also, you know, do community service. So if you have a, a child, that, you know, uh, a teenager in your house not doing anything for the Christmas time, whatever it is, really try to, or in the fall, try to find that program, send it to them. It's going to give them a better understanding of what taxes are, how they operate and how you they can actually understand it a little bit better. And also if they have, they need, they have that need for community service hours. They can actually just use it for that as well. So it's a great opportunity. And for people that don't make under a certain, or they make under a certain amount, you can actually get your taxes done at a VITA site, which is a volunteer income tax assistance um, site provided by the IRS. You know, basically the IRS does it. They could do it for you for free. Even small business owners that don't make a certain amount, they can also get their taxes done at the Vita site for free. You know what's yeah, the, you know what's a misconception when when we're discussing about taxes and credits and everything. And it's it took me as I got older to understand that when you're getting a bigger tax refund, just understand that you're cutting Uncle Sam and <laughs> the government uh, a huge uh paycheck monthly you know every time that you're receiving your um your compensation from your employer and four or five thousand tax return and everything like i used to look at it when i was younger like yeah 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 i'm trying to get a bigger tax return like <laughs> you know like the more money you make you don't want to uh oh um taxes but you just i feel like you just need to understand how the taxes work um in conjunction with your your salary because if you're making a certain amount of money especially like under fifty thousand dollars then why are you getting this huge you know um tax uh return if you're not utilizing all the tax benefits that you have you i think the goal people need to understand is saving in taxes, especially if you're making um, a certain amount of money, you need to start learning how to strategically save and educating yourself how to do so. Yeah, for most people that don't, yeah, for most people that don't make a lot of money, I think nine times out of ten you're going, you're going to get a refund. Um, I did a research or I, I've looked it up before, and it turns out that the top twenty percent pay eighty percent of our taxes. Right, let me repeat that for you: the top twenty percent pays 80% of our taxes. As crazy as people think that, oh, we need to tax the rich more, so on and so forth. And that's the, the general language that you hear on social media. In truth, it makes sense because majority of people I've ever known who never made a lot of money always got a refund. A refund means that you didn't pay taxes. 
that's really what that means. It means you're getting more money back. Uh, you're getting more money uh, that you didn't really pay, quote unquote, your fair share. That That's what a, re uh, a refund is. You have additional credits that are built into the tax um, system to provide for you. You know, either be education, either be the retirement savers credit, or it could be even the one with the, the child care one or the earned income tax credit. If you don't make a lot of money, they'll get, they're basically giving you more and more credit so you could do more and more with your money. So a lot of people don't understand that nuance, but that's exactly true. The bottom 80% pay literally 20% of taxes. It's crazy. So if you are in a position where you're making more than $70,000, that's when you need to really start becoming strategic, investing yourself, using the tax deferred methods like 401ks. It is basically tax avoidance. It is not tax evasion. Tax evasion is illegal. Tax avoidance is, is personally legal. It's an opportunity for you to invest in yourself, which the government really wants you to do for your future, and also lower your taxes in the moment so that eventually you get access to your money later. So another thing I'd say about this entire tax things, especially at the beginning of the year, I always get friends that are getting, quote unquote, mathematically creative. They're like, you know what? I'm like, <laughs> Before I ain't going to pay. You know, I'm like, I, for this year, I heard from so-and-so, and they never know exactly who, who they heard it from because it's always very vague. I heard from so-and-so that you can, you know, not pay taxes at all, like, you know, your FICA on your 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 paycheck, and then you pay the government back. I don't want the government to borrow my money, you know, tax-free or income, you know, interest-free, so on and so forth. There is a penalty for under-reporting. Let me repeat that. I actually looked it up. I thought it was wild when somebody said it. I was like, that's a strange thing for you to say, because I've heard a lot of people not wanting to pay whatever Uncle Sam, but there is a penalty for underreporting. Meaning that when the way that they built the system with the FICA being your Social Security, your 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 Medicare, as well as your uh, withholdings for federal or state, what you're basically saying is that the government saying, "Hey, I know you're gonna owe me something. I don't exactly know what it is, but I'm gonna hold on to this money because that's what you already owe me per quarter." or per paycheck. That's what I'm holding for you. Out of like, hey, gentlemanly contract, I know that you owe me. I don't know exactly what it is yet, but I'm going to hold this money because I know you owe me. Whereas other people are saying, well, I ain't going to I ain't, you ain't going to hold none of my money, which there is a provision in the tax code that is basically a penalty for underreporting. Mm. So please look out for yourself out there in these streets cuz you're going to hear a lot of things of people that's going to get mathematically creative that don't even know arithmetic, algebra one, algebra two. I am not taking, you know, like life advice with somebody went that, that went to prison because it ain't going to be for me. Um, Isn't that what's going on with the trial right now currently in New York that he um, Trump is being sued? Well, at least his um, the Trump Towers or his uh, business is being sued because he was underreporting his businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it's based off of um, his tax team or whatever mm -hmm. decide decisions that they made. What at the very beginning, let me, let me re reframe that. The Trump towers was supposed to be valued at some price. Let's mm -hmm. just say for, for this conversation, let's just say 10 million, 10 million. It was supposed to be 10 million. What Trump would do would I guess his team or himself would get somebody that they favored to come in, show them around, smooth, you know, the quote unquote the art of the deal, and in this conversation, 
that person that would appraise the value of the building or this home or whatever it was, they'll look around like, you know what? It could be 10 billion, but let's be real. It's like, it's like six and maybe it's five. That's how it was being reported back to the state of New York. Though he would present it as if I own this building that's valued at 10 million, on paper doing the appraisal, somebody would be like, well, this is lightly used. This is this this feature over here, like it's been here for 10 years, depreciated, and yada yada. Appraiser would just come in and just say, you know what, maybe like you know, for the sake of argument, it's six million. And that's what was being reported back to the state of New York. Does that make any sense? Well, is that right. still the, I'm, I'm here that that's still under reporting well it's basically they're trying to string along a a a, a narrative that for one trump knew so that's illegal mm-hmm. for two he somehow manipulated the appraiser gotcha. psychologically or something mm-hmm. like that so they're trying to make that stick and then in doing so will willfully underreported you know the value and underreported their taxes Gotcha. So all of these are like these. There's a criminal element that they're trying to kind of prove. There's a like a a civil element that the the state is trying to prove, and then there's also the IRS comes in. Well, if you're doing all this by technicality, we also missing some money. Some money here. Some money, right? Exactly. The IRS always comes back in like, well, I don't know what's going on, but if you say that means we're missing some money. Hmm. So that's what is for me what what falls apart or what you know I guess the 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 lawyers would have to kind of really prove really that in that makes more sense to me is like why would why would you put that on him I'd put that on the appraiser the appraiser messed up but he willfully yeah. knew well hey if your appraiser comes in and appraises your home for a higher value and you knew that it's probably like eh you know, it, it probably ain't worth that much. Are you going going to undo what the, the appraiser said? It's not about me. But, but, but I'm just saying, by, yeah. by what by what speculation do you even know? Maybe you, maybe you believe the appraiser. Right, right, right. I like, I, like for him, he just more so like he lets things play out. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then he kind of like, but by technicality, it's like, hey, man, I ain't do nothing. The appraiser said, so I believe the appraiser. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Like yeah. it comes back down to the appraiser, in my opinion, and it comes back to the state of New York that allowed this for years, in my opinion. Yet again, all of this doesn't make a lot of sense. If you knew, then why did you allow it? And mm-hmm. if you allowed it, then why is it now? Yeah, right. Which is also part of the witch hunt, in my opinion, for um for Trump. Which is something I forget who said it recently on a. Um, it was Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan. He said mm-hmm. it on the Brushers Club. Like, if this guy is nefarious, evil, and so and so, you don't have to further try to prove that he's nefarious, evil, and so and so. You're trying too hard. If you say that this is what he is, and everybody can see it, then why are you trying so hard to make sure that everybody sees it? Yeah. You see what I mean? And that's where they lose the audience because you're you're trying to force this thing. And in truth, you could say, hey, the state of New York, you know, messed up. The appraiser messed up. And all of this should have been caught years ago, in my opinion. But I don't know how we got here, though. But, you know, people going to get just... all this podcast. <laughs> now I'm just throwing, throwing it out because speaking about taxes and all the nuances, underreporting, um, not reporting at all, dependents here and there, they're all a part of the, of the moving pieces when it comes to uh, taxes and IRS will come back eventually. 
they may be they may be short style, but it will come back eventually and audit uh, these numbers that you uh, compute into the system, right? Um, and it, it's just one of those things that you know people don't have much you know a lot of conversations around their taxes or how they go about um, calculating or how they go about reporting. Um, I always like to watch uh, financial audit um, on YouTube, uh, Caleb uh, show, and it give me a great insight of how people are actually computing their numbers when it comes to taxes. How in God's name they're owing the IRS $30,000, $40,000 in taxes, right? So um, it's just a, a conversation, a good discussion to have because we keep all these things to ourselves until it hits the fan when we realize all the mistakes that we're making and it will cost us. Yeah, I'll say this last part and I know Luffy's, you know, clamoring to get in here. Uh, I'll say this, the IRS, if you make a mistake, the IRS, especially if it's not a a a big mistake. In their opinion, the IS is like, hey, if you made a 10 grand mistake, it could be a calculation mistake. It could be an error. They're going to send you a snail mail. Basically, you're going to find it in your mailbox. They're not going to call you ever. They're not going to you know, send you an email. They're not. That's just scammer stuff. They're going to send you an actual physical letter to your house letting you know that, hey, you're, something on your taxes is wrong. Why? Because the, the, the system itself has ad hoc prompts. Basically, it goes into the system it verifies information left and right based off of your you know, the information you recorded versus the information that whatever financial institution has to record for you. It verifies those numbers and makes sure that they're both the same. On top of that, it also verifies that based on the area that you're living in, based off the amount of money that you're bringing in, what is the reasonable range that this is a normative sense of amount of money you get or amount of money you pay. That's what it does. If you're underneath two overs or whatever it is, they're going to send you an ad hoc prompt telling you that this is wrong. And nine times out of ten, they actually already redone your taxes for you. And they tell you this is wrong because of this, 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 and you owe us this. And then they're going to also tell you, like, hey, this is what we found. If you believe this to be a lie or you believe this to be not good, whatever it might be, you could dispute this. That means you could take them to court and dispute this if you want to. If they win or if you dispute it what it what they do is like you know what it's cool not first we thought we we're just friends but now you want to make this difficult what they're going to basically say is that you know what now we can actually go back as far as possible throughout your all your taxes we're going to make this a living hell for you it's either you tell us what we want and you know what we already know to be true that you made a mistake and that you yada 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 or you want to make this difficult and then we have nothing but time for you so if you think that you're getting away with something right now, just to let you know, you might get away for, for it for a bit. But once you get caught that one time, what the IRS will do is go back indefinitely and will verify everything. Then that's how people end up with, you know, large tax liens on and in 30K, 100K or whatever. I owe this, that and a third. And that's how they got um, Lauren Hill to perform for us for the rest of her life because she's, you know, she basically didn't want to pay taxes. Just pay the money, pay the money, pay them people their money. Pay them people is ourselves. Pay us our money. <laughs> the, the, like, and a lot of people do also misunderstand that. They're like, oh, the IRS is this other government body thing. But the government represents you. So if somebody's stealing from the government, they're technically stealing from you. So your homeboy that's getting off on the government, you know, down the street because he's doing something nefarious or your homegirl that's not paying her taxes for the last 
10 years, it's literally going back and harming you, especially if you have local taxes um, or state taxes um, afforded to you guys. So that person down the street that is manufacturing their taxes, screwing over people, doing this, that, and a third, they're merely stealing money from the government, which is basically stealing money from ourselves. Mm. Just to drop that in there, it's a little crazy, but think about it that way. They're just stealing money from you. Taking out our little pockets. Big pocket in. This is why Lauren Hill is performing for us for free. For free. <laughs> well, for she's she's performing for us be, uh, uh, beyond her will. Um, Not and even all the, her original uh, music. Yeah, and, and all the proceeds will go back to That's why she show up late all the time. She show up really mad. Yeah, she said, like, I'm only here so I don't get uh <laughs> <laughs> the IRS be in the corner like mm, I'm a vibe out tonight. <laughs> like she better show up. <laughs> but no, this is a great discussion and, and I um deplore people to just make sure you are educating yourself about tax credits, um, all the strategic matters to um operate when you're filing your taxes, as well as um looking to the uh the vital program, which I think is pretty cool. I'm gonna look into that as well when I do have some um time. Um, to volunteer because uh, this is one of those things that's constantly changing, um, especially if you're a small business owner. If you are making a lot more money, um, post um, $80,000, uh, if you have a family. So it's really those um, those nuances and different uh, moving parts that be able to help you in, in, in leverage yourself to uh, generate more wealth for yourself and your, uh, your family and your future self. So all that to note, thank you all for tuning to another, another great episode of the Financial Griot, aka TFG, and we're out. Thank you for listening to the Financial Griot podcast, powered by the Wealth Builders Collective. 